we are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast are at your fingertips, just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Gavin Fry, the real you. Who is the real you? Are you being really authentic? He says, Authenticity, intimacy, and leadership are powerful forces individually, and their power increases exponentially when they are intertwined. Authenticity involves the residing deeply into your essential self. Intimacy involves sharing the deeper self in a transparent way. And leadership activates our spiritual gifts and vision in service of others. This groundbreaking exploration of the authentic self follows from his 40 years of experience as a licensed spiritual therapist and leadership mentor to entrepreneurs. The Real You, the book, is a comprehensive work that illuminates and makes accessible the universal path to the authentic soul. Each and every person living on the planet has a unique and natural authentic self and external presence that longs to be known, breathed into and lived from. The core of our nature is characterized by love, wisdom and compassion. The real you is about reconnecting with this dynamic inner presence and following its lead into transforming every aspect of your life. We're going to be covering that book and was also authenticity in itself. It's actually a word that is I use a great deal on all of these shows because if we're not being authentic with ourselves from the inside out, if we're not ignited with our heart and soul and spirit core, we're living the outside in life and that's where we get disconnected and disconglobulated. It's all an inside job and the connecting to that heart and soul, embracing who you are, why you are and what you're here to do. Welcome to the show, hun. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It's wonderful to hear all that. And it's wonderful to hear how much all of this means to you because you do know all of this. Yes, this is, this eyes, is my call. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, the... Um, we're chasing all the time it, how many followers, how many people like us, do I look good enough, um, am I rich enough, am I important enough, and it's always enough, 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 and yeah, enough already, you know, you are, <laughs> <laughs> when you yeah. go in, when you go in, and, and you look at your beautiful broken heart, and you nurture it and love it, and, and seal it back up with that love, you really begin to see life in a totally different view, don't you? You do. And I think part of the art of living authentically is to live authentically means to embrace our experience, all of our experience, mm. not just the parts that are comfortable, not just the parts that we like. Often the more challenging task is to be gentle and compassionate with the parts that we've rejected, mm. the parts that we've made wrong and that we try to hide from people. So by its nature, authenticity involves vulnerability, it involves courage, it involves risk. Yes. Mm. What is that risk? Um, the risk is, I think, based in the fear of judgment, 
persecution, uh, people walking away from you. And I think that's the risk worth taking because if people are judging you, they're judging the exterior of the presentation of you. Nobody else has the right to judge you, by the way. <laughs> That's one of the things. Persecution, they have no right to persecute you. And if these people are in that zone of judging and persecuting, they're not the kind of people you want to be around. You want to yeah. be around people that are supporting and loving. Yes. And sometimes you don't know when you take the risk mm. how you will be responded to. Yes. And you know that you're starting to discover something real and authentic inside with a desire to share it, no matter how it's responded to. That's when we've gotten a hold of something that's true to our hearts. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, I'm not saying we don't care how they respond, but we won't let how they yeah. will or not respond keep us from showing up. And in particular, it's when we risk like when someone says to me, I want to talk to you about something that's difficult for me, that's hard. This is a little scary. Right then inside of me, because I've, I've been a therapist for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Right then, I know I'm about to be blessed because mm -hmm. they're saying, I'm about to hand who I am to you and I'm going to find out how you respond. Yes, uh, vulnerability. The, yeah. The, the gift of vulnerability. Mm. is an access to our own power and our mm -hmm. own truth. Most people think I want to steer away from vulnerability. No. That's not the path. That's not the path. It's also not as scary as you think. You know, mm, when right. you're willing to be vulnerable and just really discover who you are. I mean, this network was called self-discovery and everything I do oh. is about that self-discovery. When we discover actually how beautifully flawsome we are, because there isn't any one of us that hasn't got some sort of flaw, but right. we can be awesome because of those flaws, because they've taught us who we are. If yes. we could just step into the expectation of your heart and soul and not a societal expectation, not the exterior expectation, that vulnerability, it's, it's all right to be me. It's all right. I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't get me or, or you don't want to be around me, I'm not offended. Right. right. Because yeah. if that's where you're at, it doesn't have an impact on where I'm at. And if I am offended, that's mine. I'll yes. work with that. that. But I, I'm also the beautiful thing about authenticity and the self-discovery of that dimension inside mm -hmm. and the experience of bringing that out into the world in a real way is that it's self-reinforcing because mm -hmm. it is so sweet and there's so much freedom in saying, I'm going to represent on the outside what's going on on the inside. Yeah. And and the, the whole, the, one's whole life changes yes. once that, like, wow, I may be crying, but I like this. This is me. I actually feel better because I know how to do this. I don't know how to do a pretend yes. I've been trying for decades and I don't know how to do it. Well, I don't think I ever will learn. No. Well, because no. the game changes all the time, you yeah. know, you think, Oh, I've mastered this. And then, you know, the, the rules change and you go, but, but now I've got to be something else. And I you're know. so busy you trying know. to fit into everybody else's expectations. You lose yourself. And if right. only you would just be at one with self into your center core of your beautiful beingness, you would see life through totally different lenses. And you would see your life as smaller 
And I and yeah. I mean that in a positive way because you're going to have people around you and you're going to put yourself in the situations that are smaller mm-hmm. because that's where the loving energy is. It doesn't yeah. mean that the energy doesn't exude out, but you don't need to be amongst the big crowd anymore, right? Yeah. You like yeah. the intimacy of connectivity with people who truly see you. Yes. Well, and when I wrote my book, Sarah, I was really astonished at how much I discovered by mm-hmm. writing the book. A mm-hmm. lot of my teachings, a lot of my own life experience just started shining itself out. And one of the things that I found that's unique to my kind of lens of looking at life is thinking about the hero's journey with Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. and thinking about how we come into the world when we're first six months, year, we're immersed in authenticity. We yes. could not not be authentic. No. But for most of us, I've never met anybody that hasn't. Life starts to have traumatic experiences in some measure or another, and there's pain. And so we start adapting and we start putting together a false self for the way we want to be represented. And the whole intent of that false self is to protect us from being hurt, but we get locked away behind it. So part of discovering authenticity is actually becoming a student to one's false self. Yes. The ways that we we misrepresent. And when we do that, the temptation is to make it wrong. But that actually only further ingrains us in living from the false self. The false self is the one that needs our compassion, Mm -hmm. our understanding. And if we meet it with compassion and love, it actually recognizes that love is capable of leading one's life. And the false self no longer needs to be like a puffy fish. Looking for validation. (laughs) Yes, right. Yeah. No, it's it's the false self. We all have it. I mean, I grew up with a very traumatic teenage years, Sarah, where I had a sister that was a heroin addict for 15 years. And I had a brother who was pretty serious criminal. He did burglary and then he did kidnapping. Then he did murder and he became a white white supremacist gang leader in the prisons. Oh, God. Now, I'm while all this is shaking down, I'm 10, 11, 12, 13. Mm. Our family just caved in. We're hanging on for dear life. And I started to pretend that I was fine. Mm-hmm. One, I needed to know I could survive and it helped me. And I didn't want to cause my parents more pain. Right. So, but, you know, slowly over the decades, dissolving those unconscious yes. patterns because they get unconscious. Oh, they are. We, no, we're doing it. No. And you know, thankfully, we have people that we trust and love around us who can reflect back to us. Well, you might not be aware, but you think that you're being very neutral, but you're actually being quite curt with me. Yeah. And to thank people for letting us know that. And if we have a, a relationship, an intimate relationship where someone can be real with us, it's a godsend of more awakening, layer by layer. It is. I mean, ultimately, the thing that we all want in life is to be liked, loved, mm-hmm. who we really are. Yeah. And if we're putting out those falsehoods, those expectations, those societal dictations of who mm-hmm. we should be, we will never really trust the people that like or love us because mm-hmm. we know in our heart and soul that it's not who you really are. So who are they really right. loving? 
when you do take the journey and go through the process, which is a process, there isn't a downloadable app, a quick snap of fingers. It is a a releasing of old patterns. Mm -hmm. You can't release those until you've identified them. It is reinserting new patterns of of love, of self-love, of self-like, because Mm -hmm. often that needs to come before the love, of Mm -hmm. the willingness to explore who you are now. I, I put it to like giving birth to yourself. You're yes. now this new baby out in the world and, mm-hmm. and you're learning things from different eyes, from a different heart, from a different space again. And mm-hmm. now this time it's up to you mm-hmm. how authentic you're going to be or how you're going to not only present yourself in life, but what you're going to receive in life. Yeah. Well, in one of the ways that is is a powerful leverage for starting to get a hold of what's authentic is you look and identify who are the people in your life? Who are the people in the media? Who are the people mm. in movies that stir you? And you're not yeah. sure why, but they move you. So mm. I remember growing up and I really, my favorite movie was The Sound of Music. Yes. I've got to and sing Julie, that hundreds of times. Yes. <laughs> well, and I thought of it because see, you remind me of Julie, Julie Andrews. That's what my daughter keeps because, saying too. <laughs> Her, her her love for nature and how much that moved her and then her love for the children mm-hmm. and then her strength and honesty with the father, mm-hmm. you know, and being honest with him. Mm-hmm. It's like I saw somebody who was real authentic and you could say, well, that's just a movie, Mm-mm. but she is that character. Her depth and beingness got infused into that yes. role and it's real. The same way if I look at Yo-Yo Ma and he's playing the cello, yeah. And I just know this is who he is playing this instrument. They are they are as one. Yeah, yeah. they are as one. Yeah. So it's joy, like when we you talked about the three qualities mm-hmm. of authenticity, intimacy, and leadership. As we come more into who we are, we get in touch with our own gifts, mm-hmm. our own passions, and we love and immersing ourselves in them because it's nourishing. Yes. So I remember when I was 25, I discovered that being a counselor was, it just stirred me so deeply, I couldn't put words on it. Right. The privilege of someone inviting me into their sacred space mm-hmm. to be involved in the discovery process with them mm-hmm. is... There's, I feel blessed every time I have the opportunity to do that. Because it's helping people pivot to see themselves in a different way. You can't do it for them. But what you can do is help them with the roadmap, help them with the right skills and tools to take that journey of self-discovery to their authentic selves. And you are the support and the cheerleader team, but also the accountable yeah. keeping them yeah. accountable and keeping them on track. And so, yeah. you know, you, you, your coach, your cheerleader, your nurturer, you're, you're the wise one, mm-hmm. but they've still got to do the work. Yes. Well, and the, what prompted me to write the book, and I've been invited inwardly to write it for 10 years before mm-hmm. I started about three years ago, was for clients to use to partner while they're doing the work with me. Right. Because It interlaces my whole autobiographical journey. So I'm very vulnerable about all the difficulties and challenges I went through and rose from. And it also has all the principles that are involved in cultivating a relationship with one's authentic self. And there's exercises laced throughout every chapter Mm -hmm. so they can apply it to their own life. Right. So it's a, it's a working document. Yeah. 
So it is yeah. a representation that they can reflect on, but relate to, and then mm -hmm. you're actually giving them the tools to which they can apply to themselves. You know, I say like with these shows, it's listen, learn, and apply. You know, mm -hmm. we, we very often kind of listen, but we don't hear. And so if yeah. you don't hear, you don't know how to apply because you don't know what to apply because you haven't truly heard. Right. Mm -hmm. So we when we take that step to go to someone like you and say, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. They've also got to understand you've also got to be ready to take the action. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it isn't about woe is me, the pain. Yes, we look at all the things that have happened to you, but mm -hmm. maybe they happened for you. Would you yeah. be the counselor that you are today without going through the hell that you went through in the family, right? That was the best training I could possibly yeah. have for how to support others. There's no question. Exactly. And you're probably aware that most graduate programs in counseling psychology, they do not afford you a vehicle to do your own personal therapeutic work. Mm -hmm. They study things intellectually. Exactly. And, and also, they don't even include, most of them, mine didn't, any mention of spirituality or no. the heart at all. Nothing. Zero. No. So I had my master's degree, bachelor's and master's, was ready to go out and start a practice. I was still wounded. I still had my yes. wounds from my teenage years. Yeah. And me, I interpreted it, Sarah, that something was wrong with me because mm -hmm. I, I, I was insecure. Yeah. But fortunately, a year later... I found a transformational training that was a very loving and safe space. And I, I, the second day I broke down and cried for probably 15 minutes. It just poured out of me yeah. from, because the love was there and I was embarrassed. And I remember going on a break thinking that people wouldn't want to be around me. It was just the opposite. Right. Because it was very authentic looking back at it now. But they were saying how brave I was, how much they wanted to know me, and they were caring for me. And then later in the seminar, they started to talk about the spiritual dimension that lives inside each mm -hmm. of us. And I started to awaken to that with my intuition and tenderness and love. And it was like, wow. Yeah. So my whole world within one week completely changed. And I was, and I really, I made a big leap. And then my own gifts as a counselor became, they came awake to me. But they became more whole. Yeah. You know, did. I mean, the, the, the academic and intellectual is, is chin up. And they don't understand the heart, soul and spirit has an intellect of their own. You know, right. I'm always saying that the, the soul is the wisdom that comes from source, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. yes. It goes to the heart and truth. Yeah. It's given to the spirit in action and the mind will know what the mind needs to know when the mind needs to know it. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the knowingness. Yeah. But we have to feel that knowledge, not always think it. The thinking always goes, yes, but. But when yeah. we feel it, we have to understand then what that knowledge means, how to use it to apply yeah. it yeah. For, for whatever it is we need it for. Um but that knowingness is inside each and every one of us. And we've, we were told that unless there was a piece of paper with a degree, diploma or something on it, that right. all knowledge was nothing without those pieces of paper. Right. right. And we're now beginning to understand that the knowingness is far greater than the piece of paper. All the piece of paper does is give you the tools and skills and how to use the wisdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Well, thankfully, very shortly after that, I found a very progressive university called the University of Santa Monica, and they taught a master's degree in spiritual psychology mm. that was also very in-depth. It allowed the depth of humanity and feelings and, and humanness and shadow work, as well as the work of the spirit. And it's one weekend a month for two years, very deep, profound community. Mm. And then I started, I taught, I taught their classes, their programs for 16 years. So, and I, like you, the thing where I feel like a resonance that I have with you mm -hmm. is that, you know, that this consciousness lives inside everyone. Mm -hmm. You have an eminent faith. It's just reality. That's it's, it's, it's built in. And there's something about trusting and knowing that. Yes. Inviting that forward, it's like a magnet that begins to draw it out. Yeah. And I'm aware every client I work with, I'm a little different. I find different parts of me meet them in different mm -hmm. ways. Yes. It's the way that works for them. And uh, so I'm highly intuitive. And But you're right. It very simply is a journey from the mind down to the heart. But to get to the entrance of the heart, Often there can be some pain that we have pushed aside. Yes. Not wanting to look at, thinking that we somehow should be beyond beyond it and pretend that we're beyond it. But yeah, you know, often we're not. So that's where risking really allows the emotional vulnerability. Then the heart can begin to open and we can let ourselves be loved by others. It's also, you know, the two words I don't like is compare and compete. You don't compete with anyone. You don't compare. You are unique who you are, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You may be inspired by someone, but they're already taken. So you don't need to become them, right? Just be yourself. But it's that yeah. discovery of who we are. Um, I've yeah. lived my life through you need to be, you should be, you've got to be. And yeah. it was like, I just can't be what you want I me know. to be. And, I know there's no and, there there. No, but I I was the spiritual being trying to fit into this regulated world. And whenever I did, it didn't work. Um, I, I let people down because they fell for the spirit of me, then tried to conform me mm -hmm. into the exterior and then realized yeah. I couldn't live into that exterior. So therefore, well, who are you? And yeah. lost myself in the, in the meantime. And it's like, you do not want to lose your heart and soul. It is your guidance center. It's your compass. It's your generator. You do not want to be disconnected from that. It's yeah. very painful because it's almost an apathy, which is, I think, is worse than anything else when you feel nothing. And yeah. uh, you don't want to be there. Well, and it's interesting how the false self or the adapted self like you talked about, they want you to be a certain way. But yeah. I realize, and I think most of us realize, we're also complicit yes. in telling them that we'll be what they want. Yeah. And we abandon ourselves yes. unwittingly. Yes. And then we have to, down the road, we have to catch up and say, you know, you know, I've been, I've been, a lot of what I'm doing in our relationship is to please you, to yeah. get me to love you, you to love me. I realized that I haven't been courageous enough. Yeah. And when I disagreed with you, I haven't spoken up mm. or I haven't asked for what I really want out of fear that you won't want to give it. So, well, we want to be loved, right? We've got this, we, we all want to be loved. But the thing is, is that 
when we give ourselves over to a partner, we want them to love us, to define us. Nobody mm-hmm. else is going to define you but yourself and your own integrate heart, soul, spirit. That is where it is. It's yeah. you've got two people. There's a beautiful picture which um I've put words on. It's a man and a woman, but when they mm-hmm. come together, it's one face. But that one yeah. face is only as strong as each of their strengths. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not about completing you or defining right. you. It's about each of you beautiful individuals strengthening each other when you come together without losing yourself. Right. Him, her, us. Yeah, that's right. And I I remember as I was starting to move into my practice, I was drawn towards working with couples and intimacy with couples because I was astonished that easily over 50% of marriages in the first five years end. Yes. And it's like, how could that be? And Uh I began to discover the thing that you're talking about is you need to have two individuals that Mm -hmm. are rooted in their own self and the Mm self-knowledge. That's the water, like the streams that feed the lake of the relationship. Yes. So I remember, Sarah, about 10 years ago, discovering something that I, I found very fascinating. And it's very simple, but for me, it was profound. As when I'm sitting with a couple, and often this is one of the first things I say when I start working with a couple, I said, there are two marriages here. Mm-hmm. You have an experience of marriage and you have an experience of marriage. They're different. They're supposed to be different. You're each unique. So when you have a conversation, what you don't want to do is argue about reality and have one reality. You want to hear your partner's yeah. experience and nuances. And then the other will hear theirs and they can both sit side by side. You can both go to a party and you might drive away and one says, that was the most lovely, nourishing party. And the other might say, that was the hardest, most painful thing this month for me. I had a really difficult time. And if they can have their own experience while also being curious and cherishing their partner's experience, mm-hmm. that is intimacy. That is. The intimacy is. is what is in the middle, so to speak. Yeah. It is the yeah. what you both bring to it, that trust, yeah. that intimacy, that vulnerability, that support, you know, that that love of the person's heart and soul. You know, very often people say to me, well, you interview people from all over the world, you know, if you've got a particular type. And I said, no, all those that come from the heart. I see yeah. heart, I see character. Those are the mm-hmm. things I see. I don't care what package it comes in. Yeah. Or what sexual orientation, or what this or what that. It's are you driven by the heart, the heart and the soul? Is that where your intent is? If we could see each other from the hearts and the souls, instead yeah. of what you want from a person, right. but instead yeah. of what that person is giving you in the yeah. essence of who they are, then mm-hmm. you would know to cherish it. Right, right, right. I know that in relationship, most of us. We shy away from saying anything that will might hurt our partner. Right. When we do that, we just begin to ruin the relationship and create separation. Yeah. Because it does take risk and yes. say, look, here's something I've already learned about you. You're a little sensitive in this area. So part of me is tempted to not say anything. But if I do that, I will lose me in here. Yeah. So you just listen while I tell you part of what I'm seeing and part of what my experience is right now of you. And if the partner, if there's a safe enough space yeah. for being real 
and saying things that even risk the relationship. Yes. You know, that's where you've got a powerful, profound level of intimacy. If both partners are willing to say their truth fully enough in a loving way, but vulnerable way that even risks the relationship. It could even be, I'm afraid that by saying this, you may not want to be with me, but I must, I must. That's where I was always driven to in the end, you know, where I just, I cannot lie to me anymore, right? Right. Uh, Right. I'm a personality coach, so it's understanding our personality trait. Mm -hmm. And I remember once working with a couple and going through the their exercise and and it's when i pointed out to the man this is your thought process mm-hmm. this is how you see things mm-hmm. this is your wife's thought process this is yeah. how you see things you're demanding that she sees it from your your eyes vice right. versa so both yeah. of you are going to have to learn to articulate in a way that both of you can see what each other are trying to say right that's right that's right where both both realities and both people can be held and cherished, even mm-hmm. if we don't like some things, even like. if we disagree, but we honor. This is this is see in a way to me, a, an intimate relationship can be a profound spiritual practice, mm-hmm. and so because each partner is going to bring into the relationship unhealed wounds. Mm-hmm. And they'll show up, they'll project it onto their partner. It's yes. challenging stuff, but there's what's available if you risk sharing at that level is there's soul's curriculum. Each partner mm-hmm. has their own soul's curriculum in their life and in the relationship. A soul's curriculum could be, can I be courageous and speak up with who I am? Or a soul's curriculum can be, can I be tender and accept you even if I don't like what you're expressing right now, or, you know, there's, there's any, but the revealing of the underbelly, the deeper uh, gift available to each partner through the relationship is going to be healing and learning and, and coming into greater wholeness. And they use the relationship to do that. You know, when we have business partnerships, we know we have to nourish those partnerships in order for the business to grow. Yeah. Why can't we look at our relationships with the same type of light? You know, there is e-commerce involved. There is production involved. There is growth involved. There is yeah. rooting and foundation and adjustment and pivoting involved. And if we could learn to kind of put ourselves, you know, at the t- the table, so to speak, yeah. you know, this is what I'm seeing is happening. And don't not look at it as a perceived attack on each other, but right. an That's observation right. of where the business is. And what needs to adjust for it to survive? Yes, yes. And being able to hear one one partner's looking at the business one way, the other's the other way. Yes. They can actually hear both. They might combine those and there may be things they see they couldn't see before this dialogue. Yeah. And creative opportunities show up that didn't show up without being in a collaborative partnership. Right. A lot of the last five years, Sarah, I found it just gravitated this way is the couple's work I've been doing Mm -hmm. is with entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that are in an intimate partnership and they either each have their own business Mm -hmm. or they have a business together. Together. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it can be pretty intense because there's a lot of often unconscious patterning Mm -hmm. and pain that shows up. So there needs to be, as you said, there needs to be safety. 
Yes. Safety is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, where and to me, the way to get to the most safe place in a relationship with another is to make a distinction between their being, mm-hmm. their soul, and their behavior. Mm-hmm. Those are two separate things. So if I have a challenge with the behavior, but I love the person, yeah. I could say, I love you. I'm here with you. I'm not going anywhere, but I have to talk about this other thing, mm-hmm. this other pattern. There's going to be more safety. The person can hear what you're saying because they know you're affirming who they are and you're risking talking about something that's been unconscious or troublesome, but it doesn't jeopardize the honor that you have for them in their depth, in their personhood. Right. It's kind of critiquing the behavior without attacking the core of the person. That's right. Um, That's right. You know, we've 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 all done it. We've all had it done to us, and we all go on the defense. And when we put those walls up and go on the defense, we have now misconstrued, you right. know, what is being said or why it's being said, because now we're in defense mode. And you know, and out come the knives, and out come everything else. And then, next yeah. thing you know, there is resentment, and then retaliation, yeah. and then everything else. And so it's like, you know, um, it's the same with your children. They're going to mm-hmm. make choices that you don't like. And you may mm-hmm. even have to say to them at some point, I do not like who you are right now. I do not like your choices. That's got nothing to do with the fact that I love you. Right. I just right. don't like where the choices are going right now. And yeah. I think that's something that people need to understand. We may not like a choice or a behavior, but that's got nothing to do with the way we love someone. And we can even go another step and say, and the part of me that doesn't like the choice Mm. or the results, that's mine. That's my perspective. That's my opinion. That doesn't mean that I have the corner on what you should do and your Mm -hmm. truth. And I'm going to read you like a parent. As the child gets older, I see this over and over. I've seen it with Mm -hmm. my own children to move away from the role of parent into a more friend to friend or soul relationship. So that you actually, like one of my favorite, have you encountered Marshall Rosenberg's work of um, nonviolent communication? Have you encountered that? No, no, I haven't. It's phenomenal orientation towards relationship and communication. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about right here. And so that the it's by Marshall Rosenberg. And he has a phrase that's quite beautiful relative to let's call it power dynamics in a relationship where there might be a tendency to dominate and mm. submit and submit. And that is you want to move from power over to power with. Yeah. Yes. And when the power with there can be safety, there can be love, there can be disagreement, but there's never a domination or an arrogance or a judgment, but there's something very real and so it is power. We are trying to come into the divine power that we have inside in the business partnership, in our marriage, with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we wield as a parent, well, I disagree with what you're doing. I think it's wrong. And I'm going to stop you from doing that. Yeah. I mean, there are times when we are called to do that, particularly younger. But at a certain point, that's that option is not going to be available because no. they they have to choose. I'm here when you're ready. Yeah. I love you. Take that love with you. But the choices you make now are yours alone. 
and、yeah. may not agree with them. And if you change your mind or you need to come home, no judgment, just arms.、Yeah. I'm here for you. And you know, that's the thing. Love should never be held over someone. I'll only love you if.、Right. That is that is that's the, that's the power, power play,、moment. and that is not love. Right. That's right. That's right. We Now, we see I, this in government. We see this in religion. We see this in education. We see this in so many areas.、That's、you know,、right. you you're only valued if, and it, the moment that that comes down, that is an enormous red flag. Right. It, well, I mean, that's happening in a huge way in Ukraine right now. I mean,、mm -hmm. that's that's the actual power dynamic that's occurring, and it's highly, highly destructive,、mm -hmm. and it's arrogant, and everybody gets impacted. Now, I will tell you, I'll confide in you. I have a 25-year-old son who lives in my city, and for the last 11 years, he's been he has a serious mental illness,、mm -hmm. and he has. He's an he's an addict, serious、mm. dr drug abuse, and to the level where I tried for a number of years doing everything I could to get him over on this side of the line, and I、yeah. love him dearly, no matter what. But he's still choosing to be on the streets. He's still using drugs. I have compassion for him. I really can't imagine what it must be like. Yes. But I also know, while I love him. I can't be relating to him outwardly right now because when he's got drugs involved,、yeah. he's very destructive, and so I need to love him. It's not a matter of whether I love him; it's I just need to love him from a distance. And I, I just I, I actually、there. did a show on that on a on a mum who、um, whose daughter went down that path, and she actually got shot, and、yeah. and she thought that actually the shooting was. Yeah, because she survived, it was a wonderful way bringing her home, and which did happen. But then she got addicted to the opioids that、oh, they put、wow. her on, and、wow. then she went right back into the drugs, and eventually she got murdered. And her mother tried to save her over and over again, and it was eventually she realized that she was losing her own life, or even becoming codependent on the saving、right. of her.、That's, that at some、right. point she had to let her go. Yeah. Uh, to make her own choices because it was destroying not just her life but all of the other siblings and everybody else. So、yeah. it's a painful thing for a mother to do, but I, or father. But at some point,、uh, you can only help those that are willing to be helped. And if they're not willing、yeah. to be helped, and especially I think very often as parents, we're the last people that can help them because they I, need I, that stranger or someone else to help them. Right? We're we're、yeah. too close, you know.、Yeah. And what you describe with her, that was that was my experience as well. That part of my unconscious pattern、mm -hmm. was to try and rescue him and try、yes. to be the hero, and 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 you know, and, but that whole pattern it ended up breaking up a marriage.、Um, but I finally had to just let go and realize he. I may get a phone call. He may die.、Yeah. It's not my responsibility. But do I love him? Yes.、Yeah. Is it difficult? Yes. And it's one of those hard things in life, kind of like losing someone that you love, where acceptance is going to be the golden、um, substance that allows one to be able to not to still have a peace while still、mm. feeling the pain of this situation playing itself out. It's a release in a way. You know, it、um, reminds me, but many, 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 many years ago, when I was a child. 
um, we had a beach and then there were steps and the water would come up at the steps and we kind of chased the waves, my brother and I. And one day there was a, a rat there running into the sea and we kept trying to go in and steer it out and steer it out. And every time we steered it out to safety, it would run back to the water. Oh. And eventually it ran into the water and we couldn't save it. Well, it was at wow. the same time that my dad was dying. Now, he didn't have to die. Had he changed his lifestyle? Yeah. Had he invested more in a different lifestyle and a different perspective and a different everything else? He he was a fighter pilot in the war and he kind of took on the fighter pilot thing and I'm going to, yeah. going to beat you deaf. And he was given three months to live and he lived over four years. Had mm -hmm. he been told, change your lifestyle, this, that, et cetera, he would have lived a lot, lot longer. And yeah. if it was, it was almost that kind of epiphany at that time, we were trying to save our dad. Right. You know, right. do you love us enough? Stay for us. If you, you know, yeah. you, if you go, you don't love us. And, and as an 11 yeah. year old, when, when he died, it was like, well, uh -huh. you couldn't have loved me enough wow. to stay. You couldn't have loved us enough to, to fight for your own life. But he, being a person who suffered from depression and had many other experiences in life since then, I realized that was his journey he was on. Yeah. It yeah. had nothing to do with us. That's right. He That's was right. fighting his own demons and it had nothing to do whether he loved us or not. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. Wow. 11 years old, Sarah, that's really quite early to have an experience like that. And I could even appreciate you and your brother's desperation. I mean, it's easy to look at it later. You can see yeah. a lot more, but it's like, wow, that's that's a there's a chapter in my book called Darkness and Suffering is Divine Messengers. Mm. And so it's uh it it, is. it often is by hard experiences yes. and suffering that we 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 get to go deeper inside ourselves and touch more into our compassion and our love. Um and I think that that's and, where it gets ignited in many ways. I mean, you know, we again these things aren't happening to us to get us. They're right. happening for right. us for us to discover our strengths, right. our courage, our abilities, or or trigger a purpose inside of us. You know, yeah. it's we can't go through life without pain. We can't right. go through life without facing something that is not only painful or catastrophic, but it's who do we become because of it? That's right. That's right. That's, that's the that's, invitation. That's, that's the hero's journey. And that yeah. is, it is, it is a, a gift and gifts that life perpetually attempts to offer to us to receive. And, um, and it's really helpful if we can have people around us who understand things mm. from a larger perspective, having gone through their own passages. Like I can imagine what happened for you and your brother has been invaluable in how you've helped so many other people who are going through painful, tragic circumstances. For me, and it was that part. For him, he's an author. Mm. So it came out in his writing. I see. Right? And that's the thing is like, I'm always drawing the analogy. We're here to discover what our instrument is, learn how mm -hmm. to play it, then yeah. find that orchestra that we can collectively in our own individual strength, create mm -hmm. harmony mm -hmm. to play something synthetic that really embraces everyone. But is we can't come together in that harmony if we're not at one with our instrument. And for my brother, right. it was to be an author and eventually a literary teacher, etc. And so right. he is, we call him a humbug on the outside because everything is, no, he's like one of the most negative people. But in his writing is where the hope is. 
where all yeah. the solutions are, where the fight is, where the courage is, right? For me, yeah. it was always about being there for other people in some form of counseling or some form of support. Right. Uh, and right. that was my path. But we don't know which path is for us. Right. Or, or that even a same circumstance can send us on different paths. Yes, that's right. That's that's very true. That's very true. It's what we do with that's it. Where, that's where this, um, have you have you encountered um, the depth psychologist? He's, he's since died named James Hillman. No. He wrote a book called The Soul's Code. So he's talking about the kind of, um, he had a thing called the acorn theory. Because an acorn has all the DNA yeah. of an oak tree. It's right. right in there. It's potent. And so each of us gets to find like our own DNA, our yeah. own genius, our own gifts, our own expression mm -hmm. that only we can give in the way that we give it. Yes. And you're, I mean, yeah. that's where the level of fulfillment of authenticity is when it flowers into gifts and flowers into a vision you know, and that's the path I've been on for three years. So I'm writing a book, I'm doing videos, mm -hmm. I'm doing social media, I'm doing online work. And it's, it's, it's sharing in a spontaneous way, mm -hmm. but also creating a sacred environment where healing and awakening can occur. Because I have a theory with, um, with what's happening to the world right now is um, as a very spiritual person and have been that way all my many lives it is our consciousness has been turned up uh, we're having to rise up to a higher frequency um the the vibration that we're on right now is damaging the earth it's damaging each and our souls and spirits so we're all being asked to rise up turn that frequency up let our consciousness grow but as the consciousness grow a lot of people are turning into depression and despair because they're awakening to what we're doing to each other as a human human beings and instead of getting stuck there or you know as we're seeing in some cases taking their lives because they can't deal with it right. um it is please work your way through it yeah any which right. way with any whom you can work your way through it because once you've worked your way through that consciousness of the despair of what as human beings we do to each other we're the foulest yeah. of creatures we really yeah. are but we also are the most supreme essence of beings it's a question of choice and if we could rise through that conscious awakening and get up to that higher level of love kindness and caring we yeah. cannot knowingly harm anyone else for it is to harm ourselves and we step right. into that world of love where we are there for each other nurturing mm -hmm. loving feeding creating and we understand really then what life is all about but we're in yeah. that transition right now and for yeah. all those people awakening, we need to be there for them and say, don't give up. Just keep riding through. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, that transformational process it takes fortitude and it takes devotion because yes. it yes. takes place over Commitment. time. And <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you've ever heard the, have you ever heard about the process of a caterpillar turning into yeah. a butterfly? Yeah. You know that middle period yes. when they're no longer a caterpillar and they're not a butterfly yet, mm -hmm. they're a fluid liquid. Yes. And they, the scientists have researched this and they discovered something really cool. And maybe you've heard of this, Sarah, but the caterpillar at a certain point has butterfly cells in it. Mm -hmm. And so they're called imaginal cells. Mm -hmm. So the imaginal cells at a certain point in their development start to multiply fast mm -hmm. 
and they take over the caterpillar and then they they start to head into the wings and everything like that but it is sometimes when people are that's why having a therapist mm -hmm. can be very beneficial yes because you're holding a space just the way a parent would hold for a child through the years you're holding a space of context and affirmation and trust and supporting taking action that is so so powerful and so empowering but it is a natural process yes it's i don't think we're designed to do it alone i think we're designed yeah. to do it with the people that are our tribe and people mm -hmm. who speak in such a way that we go i can take in what this one is saying this speaks to my heart mm -hmm. uh, you know and, and that's the thing is is this reason why i do these shows you're going to hear somebody and what they do and maybe it's something you need or not but when you connect with them when you relate to them from the heart mm -hmm. Right, I feel this right. person's heart. I feel this person's right. essence. Uh, I am because I feel this person. I trust them. Mm -hmm. Right? There's a reason right. I do these. You say yes. You can have advertising. You can have two, three-minute videos. You can have all of that. But the reason I do these in depth because when you really feel the person, the intention yeah. behind it, the desire, the commitment, the love behind what they do, then yeah. you know you feel safe with that person, yes. and you're going to reach out to them. Uh, Again, you're there for when the pupil is ready, but yeah. we've got to be the ones to decide it's now time. That's why mm -hmm. I say, listen, learn, but apply, take the action. Yeah. And yeah. I think a, a lot of people get stuck on the action because they don't know where to go. And it's not mm -hmm. about the tinsely advertising. It's about the person that spoke to your soul, that spoke mm -hmm. to your heart. This particular yeah. genre is called Ignite Your Heart and Soul. When you've got somebody that's hit that, then you know they're the person you need to speak with. Yes. And you start to discover what's the landscape inside of me when my heart starts to be moved. Yeah. How is that happening? And mm -hmm. sometimes it comes through a dream. It might be yeah. we pick up a book. It may be we listen to this conversation or your conversations. Something sparks. Yes. And it, it gets a flame. Yeah. And it also often has a direction or a directive with it that mm -hmm. invites us take action. You're right. Yes. Well, inspiration begets invitation. And mm -hmm. so when you're inspired by someone, it's inviting you to want mm -hmm. to participate in some form or other, even if it's just participating in your own life. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. this person went through that. This person went through that, but look what they're doing today. Look who they are today. Mm -hmm. Well, we, we can get there if we're willing to take the process, but every single person I've ever interviewed will all say there is a process to it. Yeah, there and is one of it is looking at old patterning. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and that's reprogramming. Right. That's right. That's and right. And that takes time, doesn't it? Time and persistence and a willingness to go through it. Yes, that's right. For sure. But the 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 payoff, the mm. gold mine mm -hmm. of fulfillment when the heart is is truly satisfied. Um, you know, and I've I don't know when your awakening process started. Mine was 25 when the spirit just started to roar through me and then I started to open up to me. It feels in some respects like I've kind of had six lifetimes mm -hmm. within this one. Yes. And um, Because I'm always opening up and learning in new ways and I'm opening to deeper places inside of me. Now it's a book and now it's work online. Yeah. yeah. 
we'll see what's next. So. I know, and that's what makes it exciting. It's the wonderment of life. For me, I was born this way. I was the spiritual being trying to live a human life and found it very uh, difficult to do. So as yeah. a spiritual being, I just couldn't understand why we were so mean to each other. Um, mm. But the involvement, you know, um, I've just written my memoir, and mm. in writing through it, it was very interesting, the threads that I saw through it. Um, mm. But very interesting of uh, the 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 outlook that I've always had on life, that no matter what has happened or what keeps pulling me down is the, you know, the the belief that some way, somehow I can get through this. And that, you know, recently I have an awful lot of changes going to go on in my life here in this year. Some mm. of them are kind of demanded of me. Some of them I've put upon myself. And what I had done is I kind of, crashed into them if you know what i mean i have this 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 and this to do and i crashed into them and it became overwhelming yes and then yes, just I... through a conversation with someone it really oh just stretch it out that's not only happening then that's only mm -hmm. happening then deal with what you need to deal with now mm -hmm. and then it's not so intimidating and i think we're as, as human beings we're inclined to be overwhelmed by oh the journey to self-discovery no the first leap that you're going to take is the first step yeah. And you may only just yeah. do one step after the other. The leaping will come later. But that methodical one step after the other will get you where you need to go. Concentrate on your mm. presence, your presence, the now. Mm. And when you're yeah. dealing with the now, it does not feel so overwhelming. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. One of the things that I talk about is life's sacred passages mm -hmm. if we frame what we're going through positive or challenging as a sacred passage it could be a divorce yeah but it's a sacred passage because your life is changing it's not perhaps what you wanted or thought was coming but it is here yes so rather than than, than saying gosh i'm going to be bitter and this shouldn't be mm -hmm. happening and wrestling with it if we go this is a sacred passage just like having a birth or you losing your father was a sacred passage yeah. um and and i i happen to love celtic spirituality i have a lot of irish in me yes yes and the so runes do you like the celtic runes well yes and i like their their orientation is everything is sacred yes a a rock is yes. as sacred as everything the soul. has energy. Everything has yeah. an energy signature. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of this that happens in life, particularly the difficult things, but everything is not designed to defeat us. It's designed to invite us and support us in rising. Exactly. Yeah. The universe gave me a saying five years ago. Um, mm. the universe is going to shake us up to wake us up for us to step up and change it up and grow mm. up. And the grow up is a double entendre, grow up vibrationally, but grow up as a human race. Yeah. And, you know, many are still very much being shaken up. A lot mm -hmm. of people have stepped up. And mm -hmm. there are the people that were already ahead that have already changed things up. And mm -hmm. that vibration is already rising up. So the flow yeah. and the, and the, let's just say the spiritual weather has already changed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, that the ship has sailed or is sailing and, you know, there's get on it. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, get uh, left behind. So those that are still choosing to live in in the hate or the fear or the discord or the, or the distrust and are mm -hmm. unwilling to take that journey, mm -hmm. eventually they'll, they will literally peter out because the other will be that chorus that is so much louder 
Yeah, and it's it's vulnerable because things are moving whether we like it or not. And honestly, there's just nowhere to run. There's nowhere to run. And you run. can't outrun yourself, so you may as well be at one with yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I had a father like you did. When my father was when I was 18, my father had a malignant tumor this size taken out of his abdomen. Wow. They gave him six months to live. And so I quit school. I quit work to be with him. And it turns out, Sarah, he lasted 19 years. Exactly. Because and you he, invested in him and he invested in himself. He did. He yeah. kept growing. He kept evolving. It came back three times. He just kept evolving. He did nutrition. He did forgiveness mm -hmm. work. He just kept growing. Yes. Very brave, brave man. And, uh, and, and like your father, when you said he was a fighter pilot, part of the way my father survived was he said, I'm going to win. Yeah. Now, I must confess, when it came around the fourth time, and it was quite clear that he couldn't defeat this. Mm -hmm. And so he couldn't just say, I'm going to fight. So two days before he died, he happened to be a hoarder. So he looked at me and my mom, he held our hands and he said, I am so sorry. You are going to have to clean up the garage. <laughs> it was one of the most beautiful, intimate things because he was surrendering to reality. Yeah. He was with us with the reality. Yes. And not in fight mode. And it was right. so dear. And he would cry and he cried. And he was a beautiful man. But some of those moments I'll never, ever forget. It's it's going with grace. You know, my mom was 95 when she passed. and She'd been bed bound for five years. They later found out that she probably had stomach cancer as well as heart disease. But you know, they, they, they only had these uh, community nurses that would go around. And no doctors would come and see her. So she was in a lot of pain, finally on morphine. And she wanted to die, but she just didn't know how. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. my uh, my brother had gone away for a respite because he'd been look, living and looking after her. He had even had a heart attack and looking after her. Turns oh. out he has my father's heart defect. He recently had another heart attack. But nine years later, because he turned vegan, so he delayed, you know, it happening. But um, my sister was with my mom and apparently she went to make a cup of tea and it was a gray, dull day. And my mum's room was put up in the living room in a beautiful big bay window. And my sister mm -hmm. came back into the room and there the sun was shining right on my mum. And my mum's wow. hands were open and eyes were open and she had passed on. But wow. 24 hours before that, I had gone online to all of my followers, all of my community and asked for prayers of, of helping my mum cross over because I knew it was her time. She knew it was her time. Yeah. Within 24 hours, she had passed. And I do believe right. that all that loving energy, where there was 130 people that sent loving prayers, not just likes, verbal loving prayers. And I think that was just yeah. that shift that she needed for the angels, so to speak, mm -hmm. to go down and take her. Wow. So, How beautiful is that? You know, people look at death and they fear it. And I think one of the fearful things they have at it is, you know, obviously the way we die. I mean, nobody wants to die in pain. Right. But I also right. think a lot of the fear comes from, but have I lived yet? And so many people don't right. realize they're living, you know, I call them the walking dead because they're, they're dead in their own lives. They're already dead. You know, it's, know. it's a formality right. when you go, but life here is about living. There's yeah. everything, the, the, the rustle of the leaves, the birds in the trees, the water against the ocean, the breeze in your hair, the laughter of a child, the dog wagging its tail, everything is there 
for you to be engaged with. And when you are, you realize how alive you are. And we yeah. just need to yeah. help people switch themselves back on. Yeah, I have a chapter in my book called Death is a Sacred Companion. Mm -hmm. And so because my dad at 18 got cancer, that was our that was my experience. And there's a there's a phrase, a very small saying. I think it was Chief Seattle, the Indian chief. Mm -hmm. And he said, good morning, Lord. What a great day to die. Mm -hmm. So he was reminding himself, this is another day. I don't know yeah. whether I'll be alive long term, but I'm going to live this day. And, uh, and there was another phrase in my book. It's uh, the death are never caught. The, the wise are never caught unprepared for death. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even if it's you've got to clean out the garage. Yeah, that's right. I know, I know when I go, there's a lot of mess for my kids to clean up. But, you know, it's it's. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's not the fear of dying, it's the fear of living. We've got yeah. to this thing of afraid of living. And, you know, we're asking you to find the real you. And a lot of people are scared. But what is the real me? What if I don't like the real me? Well, that is from the outside thinking. Because the yeah. insider is already in love with you. Mm. The insider is already love. You want love? Be the love. You want peace? Be the peace. Mm -hmm. right? But we've got to stop looking at you know the what is my authenticity what is the real me and just understand it's like when i interview musicians and you brought up the musician earlier the one of the guilty pleasures i love with musicians they are the instrument the instrument is an extension of the heart and soul right. when right. they sing or when they play they they are at one with it and it it just exudes out the love yeah. and the soul right. message each one of us has that compete uh, you know a, capability but we've just got to find our instrument to play right and i think when we find yeah. that purpose and that purpose mm -hmm. comes about through our process mm -hmm. then we actually have stepped into who we really are and what we're here to do yeah that's true that's the true. real us yeah. right we need yeah. people to be real. We need them to be authentic. It's the only <laughs> way to live, right? It's the only way to truly understand what life is about, how beautiful life can be. That doesn't mean you're not going to get knocked down. But, you know, instead of the Grand Canyons, you're just going to have potholes. And you know how to get up from those, right? So it's mm -hmm. You take everything more with that grain of salt. And it's like where something mm -hmm. that would have been catastrophic for you in the past is like, ah, oh, bit of a pain in the butt, but it's okay, we'll get through this. Right. Yeah. Because you know where you are. You're connected to heart and soul. And when you're connected to that, you're at one with the universe. You're at mm -hmm. one with source and you're never alone. Yeah. 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 Just mm -hmm. got to get there. Just got to be willing to take the process. So what is the kind of process that you offer people? Well, the book captures all of the things that I have used over the years working with clients. There's a wide range. So the first part is getting an orientation to the false self and the authentic self and starting to get an, it's like, I'm astonished we weren't taught this in school, that there's mm. an authentic self. There's who we are that's waiting like a flower to blossom in a unique way. So part of it is getting oriented to the, the world of authenticity and the authentic self. Then there's all of these strategies and tools psychologically and spiritually to become more rooted in who we are. And then 
then as we do that, we start to actually head out into discovering our gifts and having a vision. That's the third part of the book where we actually begin to, we, we have a desire to serve other mm, people. That's what it's, it's about. That's the golden road. Yes. So the book is filled with tools. Um, it's called The Real You, Leading Your Life from Your Authentic Self. And um, I'm going to be offering soon some online gatherings that'll be about authentic community and encouraging and affirming that whole path while people are in the discovery process. In the book, I have all the exercises that I have. They're very grounded, but they, they're called Invitations for Discovery. Mm. Yeah. And, so. and do you have any workshops at all yourself right now or anything that you're doing with your clientele? I don't currently. I think in February or March, I'm going to start doing twice a month online gatherings. And that'll that'll be it. My website is at gavinfry.com, G-A-V-I-N-F-R-Y-E.com. The book is available on Amazon under The Real You or Gavin Fry. So that's what I have right now, Sarah. Right. So the book is actually your teachings at the present moment. Right. So, so if people read the book, they can reach out to you or you're going to have a community where people can discuss it and kind of create a platform. Yes. And I also I've gotten very I haven't until I, I did the book. I hadn't gotten involved in social media. But for example, my Instagram is filled with videos that I have. I have either over 100 videos about my work. So I'm at Instagram at Gavin James Fry, F-R-Y-E. Mm -hmm. You've got a YouTube channel as well. Yeah. And uh, and of course, your Facebook is gavin.fry.98. And of course, you probably find everything on your site. And the book also can be found on Amazon as mm -hmm. well. And, you yeah. know, we're, we're all in that journey. We're all in that, that seeking who we are, what we're here to do. I mean, I've done a lot of things in my life. And each time I was doing it, I thought, this is the purpose. Um, but then some nearly 11 years ago, at the age of 57, I discovered podcasting. Uh, well, let's say it mm. discovered me. I didn't even know what a podcast was when I was asked to do it. <laughs> um, 11 years later, in June, it'll be 10 years of my own network. Um, you know, it it's became my calling. And everything I have done thus far was to prepare me for this. So it's never too late. You're never too old. Um, yeah. And or you're never too young to yes. redirect to start something uh i have had a 92 year old on here that had just started her own tv show which is still going strong a couple of years before she'd taken a new lover you know it's we it's never too late it's all about how wondrous do we look at life how willing are we to explore it because when we are that's when we truly actually become engaged with life and really start feeling it from our own authentic selves and I could see how podcasts would be an avenue where you could just spread your wings wide. I mentioned earlier, now you're Sarah Troy, there's no one like you, but I mentioned I mentioned about, um, it was the sound of music. Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have a lyrical voice. You have an eloquence in the way you describe the way you see life. It transmits a presence of invitation and effervescence. And, you know, there's something very rich about that. And you even have the English voice. <laughs> I am English. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am a rhythmical person. I live my life in a rhythmical way. Uh, everything needs to be in flow. life has a rhythm when we understand the oxygen the blood the fiber optics everything and the energy in our body always needs to be in flow when we get pain it means the energy is blocked the flow Mm -hmm. is not there if we Mm -hmm. can get into a rhythm and a flow of life uh, and just allow ourselves to immerse ourselves in it and go with the flow and sometimes it's a big wave and sometimes a little wave but instead of fighting it and, or dictating it. Oh, it's got to go here. It's got to go there. You can put out the image of how you want to feel. When people talk about manifesting, I want a car. I want this. I want that. No. Describe to the universe how you want to feel in that car or how you yeah, want to feel in that job or that relationship. Because yeah. it's going to pick up on the energy of how you want to feel. Now it knows what to deliver. A car, yeah. it could give you a pondocky. Because you haven't described it. You want to describe the feeling of your life, which means that you've got to step into your feelings and not be afraid of them because that's the engagement in life. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And it is amazing that, that one, of the, one of the characteristics of the authentic self is that it has an intimate relationship with the invisible. Yes. So the spiritual divine energy that comes through us mm-hmm. comes right mm-hmm. in through the authentic mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective, life is a wave of energy. Yeah. And we're either going to get on a surfboard and go out and ride it, but it's going to be moving along. Yeah. And if we want it, we, we, we can have it. But we don't even have to generate all of this ourselves. We no. just need to Tap receive in. and surrender <laughs> and right. follow it. Yes. And it's it's amazing. It's like it doesn't have to come from our own personal energy field. We can yep. open up to a divine flow and it'll take us places we didn't even think to ask about. Exactly. The universe yeah. will give you what you need, yeah. not always what you think you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think if we can get out of our own way, which is get out of our own intellect, especially old patterning of what society has told us makes us important yeah. and go into the importance of your own rhythm of your own purpose, your own love of life. We need to find that love of self, that love of life in itself, and mm-hmm. that love of purpose where we are sharing and contributing mm-hmm. to life because that's part of the orchestra. That's part of your instrument in the orchestra. And that right. music can't play without you in that mm-hmm. orchestra, but the willingness to be harmonic with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's glorious. You know, it doesn't mean we don't have bad days. It doesn't mean we don't trip and fall now and again. But we know how to nurture ourselves and love ourselves to get back up and continue on. Yeah. It's not about never going out of balance. It's just no. you don't need to stay you don't need to stay long being out of balance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. So again, the site is um Gavin Fry uh, uh, so G A V I N F R Y E dot com uh Facebook mm-hmm. Gavin Fry ninety eight uh Instagram Gavin James Fry uh Frey and uh, you're on YouTube as well which will be on your site and the book The Real You Leading Your Life from Your Authentic Self is on Amazon and uh, the teachings can begin right there in the book and uh, you know I'm always saying to people yeah have a book club and you you share, but also a podcast club where everybody listens and then goes in and share. Be willing to share your journey. Yeah. You know, if you've got other people that are doing the book at the same time, because 
each person is going to share a different perspective, a different place of where they're at. And it helps to open your perspective up more or understand something you can be missing about yourself or just even understanding more about them. This whole thing of that, this journey in is, yes, it's your journey. You've got to go in. You've got to do the work. But it's about sharing out mm -hmm. to share that loving energy with other people, even while we're in healing, even while we're yeah. in discovery. Right. Be supportive. Yeah, that's the last other. thing. The last thing I ever want to give the impression of anybody who gets to know me or learns about this work is that I'm a finished product. Each yeah. and every day I'm working, I'm discovering yes. new things. Surprisingly, things are unconscious that I did not see. How could I go through 67 years and have not seen that? But if it's a good day, I'm seeing a lot of things I've never seen before. Exactly. I like yeah. 68 here. I've still got a lot more to see, a lot more to do. Yeah. And every time you feel, oh gosh, you know, Will there ever be retirement on the rocking chair? You can have a day of that, but you'll be bored silly. There's too much to do, no. <laughs> too much to achieve, too much to 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 celebrate, right? And it's uh, where where we've accepted the calling. Mm -hmm. And so when you accept that calling, that is your journey in life and just keep on, keep on, right? Yeah. Well, I love that you frame it as self-discovery because it never ends. It does get richer and richer. Yes. And it's been a pleasure to join you and talk about your, I loved hearing stories about your brother and your dad and your mom and, you know, your own evolution up into podcasts. So it's a pleasure to spend time with you, Sarah. Right back at you, darling. Come back anytime. Yeah. We would love to hear from you again. Yeah. Folks, uh, the real you is just waiting inside. It's just waiting to be ignited. So let Gavin help you. Let him help you on this journey of your own self-discovery. We need you out there. We need your self-love. We need your love of life. We need your exuberance and your beautiful energy because you are part of the solution to the world. And if every one of us steps into that beautiful essence of who you are, look at what what a wonderful world we will be in. It's up to each and every one. So please don't be afraid to take your journey and become the real you. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows. And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You will see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment. <laughs>